Welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am one of the co-hosts, Kyle Sconowell, and I'm joined by my longtime friend, Robbie Earl. Did you notice something different, Robbie? I let our Friends from Work theme play out a little longer. Do you know why? <laughs> I would like to hear why. Because... For our listeners, I have beefed up our theme a little bit, so I thought I'd point that out. If you noticed it was a little bit different, there may or may not be uh, a little trumpet in there from yours truly, and I got my dad to play French horn on it. How dope is that? So I'm going big for season two here coming up, okay? There's no no holding me back at this point. For anyone out there that's ever watched Game of Thrones— um, you know, like famously their budget was not huge on season one, so <laughs> they could never show any battles. They would always show like right before the battle and right after the battle. And you just kind of had to imagine that that's the difference <laughs> between our season one and season two. I mean, now like budget just through the roof, we're getting real players to come in, you know, it's, it's a total Absolutely. tournament. <laughs> Real players like me and my dad. Um, <laughs> we have so many things to get to. I literally can't even... Okay, you may hear me right now and think, why does your voice sound so bad, Kyle? Do you have corona? No, I don't. <laughs> I literally, you're not going to believe this. I was so excited about the Marvel drop that randomly, like like an atom bomb fell on our heads a couple days ago, uh-huh. that I talked to you so passionately for so long that I've already lost my voice. So this was, we scrambled to get this podcast together after that drop, and I've already lost my voice. That's how excited. <laughs> That's a true story. And so, of course, we said, let's record a podcast, right? It makes tons of sense. Right, classic. But, you know, I, I feel like, if nothing else, um, it just speaks to how excited we actually are. And no how, doubt. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I don't even know where to start on all this stuff. Okay, but before we get into all of that, and trust me, we're going to get into all that, I want to share a little story that I found really funny. And I've been telling Robbie bits and pieces of this, but... We have both been desperately trying to get secure a PlayStation 5, which came out on November 12. And for any of you out there that are trying to do the same thing, it's virtually impossible. It's becoming absolutely ridiculous. Basically, <laughs> Sony vastly underestimated the demand, so they don't have them. So, like, you have to monitor it online. You have to follow stupid Twitter accounts that tell you when they're in stock. And when they, this so from the bad. second you get a tweet that says, hey, Walmart has some in stock, you have to get online within 30 seconds and try to get to the website before it crashes. And the website still crashes. Like, trust oh, yeah, me. It's going to crash. You know how, like, passionate I am about stuff. I am all in on this, and I still can't get one. Like, I, it's like a full-time job monitoring when I can get one, and I still haven't got one. It's December whatever. Like, it's been over a month. And I don't have a PlayStation 5. So because of that, well, though— Well, it's funny. Kyle and I have, in texting about this, we've, we've like, gotten all these shorthands that now it comes down to, like, three letters, and that tells you where there's a drop <laughs> and where, where we need to go. PSD and means what PlayStation Direct immediately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but be, I have PTSD from this. Um, because, <laughs> be, because of it, though— the market, the aftermarket for these things are, are insane, right? So, like, people are selling these online for, like, $1,200. So, if you can find one online, used, or not used, but, like, you know, unopened from somebody, resold for less than $1,000, you are getting a deal. So, I'm online right. on Twitter, which is already a red flag, number one. And I see a guy post that he's selling this, this PlayStation for $500, which is retail. So, red flag, number two. But whatever. <laughs> I recognize the high school he's going to, and his picture looks normal. And so, I, like, start talking with him. 
yada, 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 this talking turns into, <laughs> I give him $200 up front and then he'll ship me the PlayStation and I'll pay the, the remaining 300 when I get it. Kyle. Can I pause you real quick? Well, I know what you're thinking. I'm an idiot. I get it. Like, <laughs> well, I was actually going to say, I think what's, what's funny about this. I was talking to Candace is this is. Like, I don't think of you as a as a naive person at all. No, like, I, I was totally like, aware that I was being scammed. Right. Like, I am the one that, of the two of us, that would be scammed. I think anyone <laughs> could probably agree that that's how that would play out. So I thought it was so funny because you were, like, you navigated this as well as you possibly could as it was going on. Like, it's not that you were just walking into something like this All blind. it shows is not how naive I am, but how desperate I am. That I'm, like, I was texting you and telling my wife, like, this is a 90% chance that it's a scam, but there's that 10% that I get one right. at retail. Right. <laughs> and, right. you know, which is just not a good way to start with this. So red flag number three, four, whatever. The second I send him the money, you would think, okay, he cuts off communication, right? No, he gives me his name and his phone number and we start texting, not Twitter direct messaging. So we're texting now and I say, can you ship it today? Guess what he says, Robbie? My son got really <laughs> sick. <laughs> My son, my son, my son got really sick, which by the way, if this guy's son's really sick, I feel horrible that I'm laughing at him, but I don't think he's really sick. I said, well, what horrible timing you can't get. He goes, well, now he's in the hospital. He has a fever and he's stable, but I can't get to UPS to ship it until next week. All right, whatever. I'll wait till next week. Red flag number a million. So I wait till (laughs) next week. Guess what? Monday still can't get there. Tuesday, still can't get there. I finally text him, like, how can you not get to a UPS? And by the way, Robbie, all the while, I guilted this guy. Okay, so, like, from day from the first text, I said, like, man, I really hope you're not scamming. Like, I hope human beings are just better than this. Like, we don't need this at a time like this. Like, I just totally made him feel <laughs> awful. And so by the time he still kept going, I was thinking, this guy's not scamming because I've guilted him. Like, if he has any conscience at all, there's no way he can pull this off. Anyways. His son's sick, blah, blah, blah. So finally I say, bro, can I come to Chicago, which is eight hours away from me, and pick this up locally? He says, well, I've been in the hospital so much that I'm not keen on meeting somebody. I'm like, dude, just leave it in the parking lot. I'll get out of the car and go get it. So this is a full-blown scam, right? There's no, I've lost $200. At this point, I'm like, there's no point in continuing this conversation, whatever. But he's still talking with me. Why is this guy still talking with me? I want our listeners to help me figure out why is this guy still talking with me? Why wouldn't he just ghost me and leave me alone? It makes no sense. So anyways, Robbie, end of the story is that my voice is is so shot. I love it so much. It's been stories like this and stories like Marvel that I've just, I've lost it 100%. Um, Okay, this has a point. I basically resign myself that I'm not going to get it. All of a sudden he says, look, if I don't ship it by the end of the week, I'll give you a (laughs) refund. He offers that information. I'm like, wait, this is coming Crazy. out of nowhere. Robbie, he doesn't ship it. And by Thursday, I follow up and say, bro, I need a picture of this thing. Like, send it to me. And he says, I can't send it. Here's your money back. He sends me my money back. That's crazy. I get my money back. That's, so the, now, big, that's the big twist in the story from, from my perspective. Then you think, okay, story's over. Kyle avoided the scam by guilting this guy into having a conscience and not scamming him. But here's here's the kicker, Robbie. I can't get it out of my head. Why the heck would this guy give me my money back? And so I can't leave it at that. So I text him and say, like, bro, what the heck is actually going on? At this point, I'm not invested, but I want to know what's actually happening. And he's like, dude, my son is actually sick. I have this. I actually can't get to the hospital. And I sent you your money back. 
Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, then I apologize for being so pushy because if your son's really sick, I feel bad. And that's where I leave it, right? End of story. No. (laughs) Two days later, I can't get it out of my head and I say, bro, I'm sorry for being mean about your son. If your situation changes and next week you want to ship it to me, I will still pay you in full. (laughs) Because now I'm like, maybe this guy actually has it. So he doesn't answer, blah, blah, blah. A few days later, he texts me, Robbie, this is the last kicker. After all that, I'm like, maybe this guy actually has one. And he, his son is actually sick. And it was actually the worst timing of all time for me. Finally, a few days later, this is what he says to me. Word for word. Would you be willing to do a loan to me for my son? $200 back, and I'll pay you 15% interest back in two weeks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You guys if, are so close now. I know. And I said, I said, I'm so confused. Why don't you just go send it to me today on UPS? <laughs> he says, I need the money today, bro. And what if it's lost <laughs> or doesn't come to you? Hospital bills are adding up. First of all, hospital bills don't, they don't demand payment like that immediately, by the way. <laughs> then I said, bro, send me a picture right now, a selfie of you and the PlayStation. You know what he says? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And I wrote, why not? He didn't answer, and I wrote, exactly. And then I just wrote, dude, I hope that you find the money you need, but I'm sorry, this just doesn't work. And that's the end of the story. But Robbie, I want our listeners to help me out. What was this guy's plan? What was his plan? I'm so stinking confused. I want to know. I have to believe that there was some sort of, like, is he fresh to the scamming game or is there some kind of blueprint that, <laughs> that he was attempting to follow and, and at some point made a wrong turn? I Or did I just straight give him a conscience and then he reversed and thought, no, he actually would give me money. Like, th- I mean, it's unbelievable. Or is he, was he buying time to get a PlayStation and then give it to me at retail? It makes no... Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like, and did you, did you ever ask him why he was willing to sell it at such a low price? He says, I just... I, I, I need the money back, and I didn't want to rip anyone off. I wanted to give it to a fair, reasonable deal to somebody. Man. Un- unbelievable. Mean, Anyways, we have so much more to get into, but just the most <laughs> ridiculous scamming story I've ever been a part of. Why did you give me my money back? Right. It, it makes no sense. I, I makes, mean, I like to believe that he really just truly has a PS5 there. And <laughs> his son is really <laughs> sick, and he really can't get to the store to ship it. I offered to give him more money, Robbie. I said, I'll give you $600 if you ship it right now. If he needs the money, he could sell us for $1,000 to anybody locally in one day. Like, it makes no sense. Anyways, since that, (laughs) since this point, by the way, Robbie freaking went out and got one. He bought one from somebody, uh, you know, on the aftermarket. So... It's I true. don't have the solidarity with Robbie anymore. So I cave. Well, and I feel bad because we've had some of our listeners, as you've sort of been chronicling aspects of your uh, saga, that have said, you know, don't don't go third party like solidarity. And I definitely feel like I crossed the picket line. <laughs> you did. You did a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I feel left out now. But you know, I mean, you and I talked. It's it's one of those things where, like, I I have I like just reached a point where I was like, you know what? What's even the huge hurry after all? And then I saw this thing on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, and I just couldn't turn it down. And you know, here I am on the other side. And uh, last note: no if regrets. you're out there listening, trying to get one, be very careful. I'm joking about this, but like, there's a lot of sketchy stuff going on. Like, oh yeah, be very careful in doing this. Okay, dude. 
we were going about our day. We were planning season two. We were hyping that, you know, we had the season two coming and we couldn't wait for new content. And it would be the first time that we would actually cover new content. How different was that going to be for us? And so you and I have had countless phone conversations about what are we going to do? When are we starting? Whatever. Well, the pandemic pushed back our start date, which is why we've had more time off than we originally planned. But never in my wildest dreams, I don't think, did I think that this announcement from Disney, um, and if you missed this, by the way, uh, Disney had like their investor meeting a few days ago, and out of the blue, kind of, they announced like, what, like 10 to 15 announcements on their Marvel, Disney Plus, and movie front. On top of that, we finally got a full trailer for WandaVision. We got first look, like, teaser trailer at Loki and a first teaser trailer at Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the teaser trailers were pretty, like, actual, like, I mean, they were full trailers, kind of. Yeah. Crazy. We also got a first look at Miss Marvel. Um, and just, like, a ton of stuff so came out of the blue. Things. So many so things. So many things. So before I go, like, into predictions and how pumped are we and all that, I just wanted to, for you guys out there, lay out our schedule. I think this is fair. I did this on Instagram. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important, right? Let's go nuts and bolts for a second, okay? This is the nitty-gritty right. of it. Um, Let's do it. No more fun and games. You know, no more fun and games. No more PlayStation <laughs> talk. No more excitement, okay? this is. Let's get serious here for a second. When, um, <laughs> when we got this announcement... Uh, we had kind of planned that we were going to start our season two on January 4th, okay? So if you're following with us, you can write this down. Here's going to be Robbie and I's projected flow. (laughs) On (laughs) the new content, looks like it's going to be coming out on Fridays, okay? We're going to watch it on Fridays multiple times if we need to. Robbie and I will be recording this on Saturdays, and the episodes will be out for you guys on Mondays, okay? So this Monday, uh, starting today, December 14th, we're going to talk about the new announced Marvel Disney Plus shows, because there's a lot to talk about just with those. Next week, December 21, we're going to talk about the MCU movies that were announced and the updates with those. Then you guys are going to celebrate Christmas and have a blast. On December 28, we're going to record official, like, welcome to season two for anyone who has never seen our podcast. Then is where it gets real exciting. January 4th, we're talking about Far From Home, like we did with the rewatch. Yeah, we are. How it kicks off season two, launches us into a new phase. Uh, January 11, we're going to talk all things WandaVision. Get hyped. What's this going to look like? What do you expect next week? And then, guys, January 18 is going to be the first ever WandaVision coverage episode. And then we have basically six episodes of WandaVision that will carry us all the way through February, which is kind of crazy because that's going to pretty much lead us right into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I think that's what I was so excited about. Like, finally, all these, like, you know, hypothetical plans that Robbie and I have had are, like, in one moment coming into fruition. And that's fun. Right. Man. And do we have a a date on Black Widow? I felt like they released that that day as well, but I, I missed it. Okay. So let's get some dates for these things for people um, so that we for sure have correct information for you all out there. Um, We have dates for the Marvel shows, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, May 7, 2021 is still Black Widow as of now. That's all changing. And let's get into the crazy changingness of that next week with the movies. Yep. But I think we should just go linearly through these. Now, some of these shows I'm going to announce, we don't know that much about, so we don't need to get crazy into them for people. Right. So this will be partially informative and partially speculative, okay? So do you have your your list there in front of you? Absolutely, I do. Perfect. Um, Let's do it. 
let's start here. We're going to start with WandaVision, which comes out January 15 on Disney+. Plus. We've already had a trailer. We just got a full look at a second trailer. Let's give our reaction to that. But, Robbie, one request is, as weird as it sounds, let's not go crazy into WandaVision only because we're going to have so much time in, like, the next few weeks to do, like, full episodes on WandaVision right. speculation. So let's right. just talk about our, you know, reaction to the trailer, and then we can s- save some of it. And obviously, my reaction was I was blown away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard because I don't know that I could be any more excited for that show. And so I, I think <laughs> when the trailer came out, it it was one of the things that, um, like, there were so many other kind of shocking things and things we'll talk about that I wasn't necessarily that excited about that got me really excited. But WandaVision, it's everything I see. It just continues to amp up. No doubt. How pumped I am for that show. I mean, the, the trailer, like, I think maybe the, if we want to pick out, like, a, a single takeaway without going too far into it, um, I really liked that we got a little bit more of a look at, at Monica Rambeau that we've kind of talked about in the past in terms of the, you know, Lieutenant Trouble character from uh, Captain Marvel. I think that that Bro. was intriguing to me because we saw a glimpse of that, right, in the trailer that we already covered. And I still get chills when she says, who are you? And she says, I don't know like panicking for a second. There's something going on and it's so fun. You know, in hindsight, I'm not sure Disney and Marvel could have chosen a better show to kick off the new phase. It was originally going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I love that they're going so different for the first show. I do too. In hindsight now. Yeah. No, for sure. it looks so different. Yeah, I I like it because I do think Falcon, Winter Soldier um, is going to be more of a continuation of a vibe that we've seen and that we all love. Um, So I think, you know, it'll be, that's something that I think will feel comfortable for fans of the MCU. I think it is really fun to start off big with something that seems so, so different. Um, And again, I don't want to, you know, you and I have both read up a decent amount on WandaVision in recent weeks and I don't want to go too far into it because once we do, there's going to be no stopping. But <laughs> I know I'm debating even now going. <laughs> <laughs> I but I think um, after that trailer, it's just, gosh, this show is going to be something else. I can't okay, hold wait. on. A couple of our fun tidbits, and then we'll get into it more in depth later. But it was fun to see like her flashing back to the infi- uh, the Infinity Saga yes. like with the stone yes. and that blowing up. And then, Robbie, I don't know what's going to happen, but I love this idea when he says that we have to fight for our home, that like Wanda is so confused in this like created reality that they feel like they have to fight for it. Like in a way, does Wanda become like a bad person for a little bit, which I love the idea of like, you know, from like the outside perspective that we have to like, she's going crazy. And that little line through the radio that they included where they say, Wanda, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Right. Is incredible. And there's so much intrigue. It feels like a, it feels like a, like a J.J. Abrams movie that I, right. I'm trying to guess what's happening, which is different for me in a Marvel vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, totally. And and I love that we, like, there's still, one of my favorite things a trailer can do is raise a lot of questions without answering them. Um, and I think that that's, speaking of J.J. Abrams, I've always said, I think J.J. Abrams, in some ways, made better Star Wars trailers than he did Star Wars movies. Oh, wow. Shots fired. <laughs> just because like you know like that force awakens trailer right was so it just like these kind of images that's that i still have in my mind and and, like you know force awakens is not a movie i think about that often but like posing these kind of like 
like who is you know like who's Finn whenever you see him take his helmet off. Cr- in the Christopher desert Nolan does a good job too, where his trailers does, you're like, yeah. what in the world is going on? This looks cool, right. but I have no idea what they're even talking about. And I I love that every time I, I like that there's more stuff that we're trying to figure out what's happening, but that they haven't given us too much to to chew on. So I mean, like we I, don't want to see the whole movie in the trailer. <laughs> right, right, right. Which happens way too often in my opinion. But because did you see the flash of Cat Dennings? There, yes, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which I mean, we knew she was in the cast, but again, it's just like because I there's so much going on here, and I just have no idea how she, like how how will Darcy connect to you know the trauma of Wanda after losing Vision. You know, it's just it's such a weird thing, and I'm so excited to see how all these pieces are going to fall. Okay, I'm pumped about that. Since that's the next show coming up, we're going to do a full episode on these kinds of things. So I can't wait for that. The next thing, I guess, that was mind-blowing, because we'd already seen some uh, WandaVisions. We basically had seen none of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we finally saw a look at that. Uh, It comes out March 19, which I'm assuming is pretty close after... WandaVision. So I, maybe that if that's going to be the new like rhythm, there might not be that large of a break in between content anymore. Right. Which is crazy. We've had, I mean, I think we've had plenty of a plenty of break here. My takeaway, I guess with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that I'm so excited. Um, but the trailer was exactly kind of what I thought it would be like. So if WandaVision yeah. is so out of left field and like um, really really different and pushing the ball a different direction than I thought. This was kind of like, yeah, this looks like a continuation of the movie Winter Soldier. Um, And it looks fun and good, and I'm excited about it. I don't know that I expect this show to be a game changer in any way. And that's not like, that's not me being like anti-Marvel. Obviously, I love this. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like these two characters in general are maybe not, the most intriguing characters to me and it will be fun to watch them do side missions and stuff, but I don't anticipate it like pushing the ball a long ways forward, but maybe it will. And then maybe I'll end up being blown away by it, which is, which is cool. But the trailer was really dope, but pretty much what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's about the same. I did like, we've talked about this before. Um, at least with some, with some folks online about how you never, you never really see Bucky go as hardcore as he does in Winter Soldier after that movie. You know, like he, right, especially kind of as he's getting deprogrammed. There were a couple of, of flashes of choreography in that trailer true. that felt very much like old school Winter Soldier fighting, and that was really fun. Like you know the the kind of iconic he drops the knife and then grabs it from under thing. right after. Um, he gets reprogrammed. He kind of becomes more and more Zen almost like quiet, peaceful. Like it's hard to get him worked up. So it was, you're right. I didn't think about that. It's interesting to see him like almost angry for a second there. And I, I don't know that this is the case, but from the trailer, it's either being scored by Henry Jackman or someone whose score is clearly, uh, imitating Henry Jackman's who did the score for uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War. So th- it definitely feels like there's a through line. It looks pretty similar to the way that the Russo brothers shot. Um, obviously, it's not the Russo brothers. The other crazy thing for me is, is you know, this is the first time that we're going to have these characters really without the, the Russo uh, 
Marcus and McAfee combo, you know, so it's going to be kind of interesting there. <laughs> interesting slash hesitant a little bit, but right. I do put trust in what Kevin is choosing and who he's choosing, but yeah, it'll be weird to not have some of those through lines that we've had for you again. Oh my gosh, right. Robbie, like that's the thing is we've covered all this stuff that's years old and we already knew the through lines and all that. Now we're getting into uncharted right. territory, uncharted waters. Well, and so, so what I would say broadly after that trailer, and you and I have talked about this some, I can't remember if we've talked about it much on the podcast, but I hope that it's not super side mission-y. And I, I get this, I mean, there's enough going on in that show just from what we've seen in terms of the... Uh, the U.S. agent stuff on the football field and knowing that Zemo's in it. Um, I really want them to to dig into this post-endgame world in a, in a very different way than Far From Home did and in a way that I don't think WandaVision seems to be setting itself up to do. Like, that feels like a much more personal thing. I yeah. like the idea, you know, because the Captain America movies... Well, particularly Winter Soldier and and Civil War have been so far great vehicles for showing, you know, okay, this is what happens, like sort of more broadly after the the kind of seismic shift of well, the and prior kind of politically, Avengers movie. They often yeah. deal with the yeah. Well, you know what? You said this to me, and I can't get it out of my head. I would love for this to feel a little mm-hmm. more like political thriller ish. Right. Like it'd be it'd be fun. Okay, this is total conjecture. (laughs) This is not a real thing. Robbie and I have talked about how we think it'd be really fun to have Norman Osborn be introduced somewhere. Yeah. As like a political villain, maybe. Like, not like he has to get a Green Goblin suit, but how fun would it be if he was like pulling the strings of like an anti-Avengers movement or something? And this kind of show could be perfect for that, for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. We've t- and we've talked about how— And by the I, way, I, Nor- Nor- I don't think Norman Osmond's going to be in it. I'm not saying that. I'm right, just- right. But no, I mean, a character like that, and, and I would— I don't know why I've gotten this into my head, but I, I really would like to see something similar to Brian Michael Bendis' Dark Avengers era, you know, where he basically, in the wake of the Civil War, which, you know, Marvel's always done a really good job of kind of adapting— famous stories to whatever situation they needed to work in. And in that comic, essentially what happens is people lose trust in the Avengers and Norman Osborn kind of very publicly creates trust in himself and then sort of builds his own Avengers team. And the actual Avengers team has to kind of go on, on the run and underground because they're now technically outlawed. And I Mm. think it's just, it would be a really, Again, I, I don't think that it would happen in that way, and I don't think that it would necessarily be a Norman Osborn character, although who knows. But I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like the idea that rather than the next challenges be like, oh, now it's even a bigger and scarier villain, and now instead of, right. of you know, it's just how do you keep Which we've said a lot on here. Right. I, I love the idea of, of you know, again— the reason I think I'm excited about it is Civil War has done this maybe better than any other movie, right? Like, at that point, the stakes were being consistently raised. And really, what I think is kind of cool about Civil War in retrospect and what I think could be really cool about Falcon Winter Soldier in the same way is, like, if you think about the stakes as they were in Winter Soldier with, you know, like, millions of people dying, way higher than what the stakes were in Civil War. 
Like, I like that they took it from being this massive kind of global event and made it a lot more personal yeah, and a lot like more, you know. And, and political. Kind and of. political, right. And I feel like you could do the same thing from kind of Endgame to Falcon Winter Soldier in terms of the scope and the angle and, and kind of what challenge we're dealing with. Um, right. And I, I think that's what I'm really hoping for from this show. And I, you know, the the stuff that I got in that trailer only encourages that belief, you know, for me. Like, I, I feel like it's, like, the line that starts the trailer where Sam says, you know, the shield has a very complicated history. Like, that's right. what I want. Like, you know, I want to, and I love the, I love, like, it's going to be political, right? Because I think what we're getting set up with is this idea that there is a almost sanctioned sort of... Um, Captain America figure? Yeah, like, yeah, like a figurehead almost, uh, and yep. then you know you've got the Captain America that Steve Rogers himself handpicked, and uh, yeah, right. I'm I am legit. Like this is one that I think I've been a little bit not lukewarm on, but just sort of. Oh yeah, like that'll yeah. be fun. And after yeah, the trailer, too. I would say that I got I got more excited. There's a fine line here because I mean, in my overarching feel on all these things, including the movies, and I think we should get into this more next week when it comes to Spider-Man, is like there's this fine line I'm hoping they're riding of like, I want them to look back on the Infinity Saga and the events of Endgame and like deal with the immediate ramifications of Endgame. Like, so the line in the trailer that I don't like, for example, is when Bucky says, The world is upside down. Well, Partially, I don't want to, like like Star Wars, I don't want there to already be a threat that you feel is so bad post-Thanos if it's only been like a couple weeks, let's say, theoretically. Well, so that's interesting because I read that line differently. Like, I, I heard that as referring to Thanos. Okay, and that's my hope. And I'm not saying that's what it was referring to. I'm saying I'm hoping it's not that. That fight between looking back and ground level versus massive new villain raising stakes forward. Right. Well, I think it's so it what's interesting and and I think part of the reason why I read that line that way is you know, if you think about what like phase 2 like what phase 2 of the MCU looked like where you you had this crazy kind of earth-shattering thing with an alien invasion. And then phase two was us trying to, everyone made sense of that in the context of the Avengers. And so you get these shout-outs in those phase two movies of kind of how the Avengers are celebrities now. And I think what's really interesting about Endgame is it's kind of the next big earth-shattering event like that. Um, But rather than in the wake of that, you now have this team that's inspiring people, like, you know, in that last montage of the first Avengers movie, like the Avengers are kind of gone. Um, and so I think that for Bucky to say, to acknowledge like now we're at this place where people feel probably very like more vulnerable than ever. And instead of having a Captain America and an Iron Man to look to, it's kind of Sam and Bucky and, you know, right. somewhere in the background, Spider-Man. I have more thoughts kind of on that regarding like Spider-Man. So I think I'll mm-hmm. save some of my overarching things for next week. Right. But my last note on Falcon and Winter Soldier is it does seem that it would appear on paper at least and reportedly that Falcon and the Winter Soldier seems tied to Black Widow-ish. It seems easy to draw those lines. Whereas yeah. like WandaVision seems tied to Doctor Strange 2 and Spider-Man 3. So reportedly those are kind of like an interweaved thing. Right. Then my assumption would be that I could see how 
Let me clarify. Reportedly, like, that's actually a thing that's out there that WandaVision, Spider-Man 3, and Doctor Strange 2 are tied. But and I'm Loki. then saying you could, and Loki, I'm then saying you could draw a line, it seems like, between Falcon and Black Widow. Um, right. And I don't know that, though. That's just conjecture. Certainly, certainly tonally. So moving on, we'll then get Loki. We got our first look at that show in May of 2021, which is actually the same time that Black Widow's coming out. So we might have this first ever um, show and movie at the same time. And we'll wow. get into what movies might look like and all that. But that could be fascinating. Also, if you haven't seen any of these trailers, by the way, you can go follow us on any social media at the FFW Podcast. I think we've reposted it there, um, or at least we can point you in the right direction yeah. or you can reach yeah, out to it's us. it's on Twitter for sure. Right, and we'd love that anyways. Um, but you sh- you need to watch these first looks because they kind of blew my mind. And Loki, I'm, I'm probably the most excited to talk about today because— yeah, which is not what I expected you, us to be saying. Right. If you've listened to this podcast, you know a couple things. You know that Kyle, me, I'm not the biggest Loki fan in general. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying he has more hype online than I give him. That's the first thing. The second thing is I am so passionate about I want deaths to remain deaths. I think if you erase deaths and you bring people back to life all the time, it minimizes the consequences and the ramifications and the stakes of the previous encounter. So – to the point where if you keep doing it, eventually people will be like, oh, he's not really dead, or oh, Tony Stark can come back, whatever. Like at some point, right. you just don't believe any of the threats because you think they're just gonna win. There's no way they're gonna lose. Right. So I need to know that there's real threats. So in general, I've been very like more than hesitant. I've been kind of against a Loki show. Cause I'm like, I just don't wanna see more of Loki. He's already come back from the dead three times. So here I am today <laughs> saying, the trailer blew me away. Um, if there was a way to have him back in this, how fun is it that he goes to some sort of like hell slash purgatory of some sort? That was dope. Um, and then I want to say one other thing regarding all these shows, Robbie. Uh-huh. I've had a little bit of a concern in general about what's it going to be like to view Marvel content in this format. I think we're underestimating how different it's going to be. It's going to feel mm. like pausing a movie one-sixth of the way in and then having to just think about that for a week. <laughs> and I know people are used to that when they watch old shows like Lost and all that, but I haven't done right. that in 10 years, literally. Um, that's going to be weird for me. And I love The Mandalorian, but I feel like I can tell a few quality things. I know it sounds absurd. Mm. Um, a few quality differences between like if Mandalorian was a movie with that kind of budget versus this. And so I've been nervous with these shows. Like I kind of hope secretly that these shows, I guess for lack of a better word, are better done than the Mandalorian. And I think the Mandalorian is great, but I'm saying like the acting, the visual effects, I hope it's a Marvel film budget. And these trailers to tie it back in have kind of convinced me. Otherwise they look like a film to me. Yeah. And I I think the fact that they're going to be in a six hour format versus like two seasons of 15 episodes or, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that it's six hours of content broken into six pieces makes me think it's going to feel like a movie. And then Kevin Feige came out and said like Falcon, the winter soldier is a Marvel film just broken into six parts. And so 
I guess I'm trying to say I'm going to be interested to see the format, and I do hope the quality is up. And watching this Loki trailer, we'll get into the details of it, have confirmed that it does look like this is going to be, like, studio quality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very, I mean, so I had no idea really what to expect with the Loki trailer. Um, I think had you pinned me down on it, I maybe would have said that I thought it, it was, it was somewhere in the ballpark of what we're seeing and that I, you know, I figured it would be him kind of dimensional hopping and trying to figure out his next move. But the, the way that that seems to be executed and some of the, again, a lot of the questions that are raised by that trailer, um, they just get me really intrigued. Um, also, the like music I, in the trailer is incredible, <laughs> by the way. If you haven't watched it on like good speakers or headphones, please do. <laughs> Man, that's, yeah, great shout out. Um, I I think, I, from, a, from a comic perspective, I am, there's some stuff in there that I am totally, totally unfamiliar with, which I love. Um, there's some stuff that I'm, I'm almost thinking like there's a famous Loki run a couple years ago called Loki agent of Asgard. And it was sort of this different take where Loki is, is sort of, you know, using his powers for good, um, as kind of this, he's out in the world, like on earth and in these other dimensions, again, kind of like we're seeing doing missions like on behalf of Asgard, hence the like agent of Asgard thing. And I'm getting a little bit of a vibe there, like in terms of what we see at the end of that trailer, uh, where he's like, but it almost feels more like not for Asgard, but for like, uh, like as his punishment. Yeah. 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 Which is so cool. I mean, some of the shots we see of him like reliving some moments, like you don't know what TVA is, right? Right. Like I, I don't either. So that's not from a comic thing that we know. Which is what I love. But also, as I've been saying, like, my hesitation is, as fun as this is for him to have this show and be in these alternate dimensions of some sort, and again, this is the coolest way they could do it. There's some kind of, like, purgatory he's got to pay his time or something that we don't know yet, which I love. I just, if it ends with him coming back into the MCU in some way, like, if if he can earn his life again or something... I just don't know that I'm fully on board with this alternate reality thing yet as far as like it impacting my main reality to some extent. Right. And and you know and in Endgame Tony Stark says, you know, when you mess with time it seems to mess back, like push back. Right. Maybe this is just a version of like what it looks like when you mess with time, like you're not allowed to and th- these are some kind of like time oh, police. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, like these are some time police that you can't do this. Right. Um or something and that's what Owen Wilson is or that's, maybe that's what T stands for in TVA. I don't know. Um, to the extent it does that stuff and like how we get to see them looking back on his past mistakes in the Avengers, we get to see like a crippled New York and Avengers tower. And like, to the extent it does that, I think that's amazing and so fun. Like what a fun way to see where Loki went. Right. But I just don't want the show much like WandaVision. I don't want WandaVision to end. I say this now. I don't want WandaVision to end with like vision back to life and a player on the Avengers board game. Like, I don't I don't want... Right. He can't be back in the plot. And I don't want Loki to be, like, back in our normal timeline, in our normal reality, like, interacting with Thor. Agreed. That's, that's my biggest thing. Although, I do think what's interesting is 
you know, we have to keep in mind that this is the Loki from the first Avengers movie. Like, that's the right, era of character Right, who hasn't done some of that stuff. So, yeah, so we haven't gotten the, all of the character development that we've talked about with Loki, you know, from Thor The Dark World on. So, I mean, it, it'll be, like, we're not getting, I, I guess, we should be at least at the beginning of this series introduced to a very much villain Loki, which is kind of fun because it will just inherently make, even if he does wind up in the main dimension at some point, uh, which, you know, he will, I, at least to the extent that, or he will interact with, with people from that dimension to the extent we know he's going to be involved in the third do- or second Doctor Strange. Um, it's still going to be interesting, right? Because, like, Loki and Doctor Strange <sighs> met in Ragnarok, but that wasn't this Loki. Right, and see, this is where the timeline gets really weird with this stuff, but, like, do they show him, do the time police or whatever, does TVA show him some of the things he was going to do that are also bad in Ragnarok? or You know what I'm saying? Like, they could get really crazy with this. And you're right. To to that extent, I'm excited. I guess I'm trying to say I'm just a little still... I'm hesitant. You know what? I got to trust Kevin. I got to trust Kevin. Right. Like... He, I just don't think he's going to do something to minimize the greatness of the original, you know, saga. So, yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, I, I think he knows that if they were to do something that would take the sting out of Loki's death, that that would be a bad idea. I think that right. they that they know that. And you know what? I feel weird because I don't want to be this negative about it. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. The music was so cool. It looked cool. We're seeing all these like ties of the old stuff. What right. is going on? Is he in a purgatory? This elevator is going down. It's got all different labeled floors. What do those stand for? What does TVA stand for? What's his ultimate goal in there? Does he tra- <laughs> does he have his powers in there? Because it seemed like he was captured, right? Like he couldn't right. he couldn't get out. Does he eventually fight his way out? Does he like recruit an army like he normally tries to do where he can be a king there? Um, like Ragnarok. Like there's so right. many fun things. And then. Owen Wilson, dude, what the heck? Like, yeah, Robbie, I was watching, I was watching Spotlight the other day, which is an incredible movie. It's not uplifting, but it's just so well done. And I'm sitting there watching it, and there's Michael Keaton, who is Vulture to me. And I see Mark Ruffalo, who's the Hulk. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, there's Rachel McAdams. She's in Doctor Strange. Right. And then it's like John Slattery's in that movie. That's Howard Stark. Oh, yeah. Stanley Tucci's in that movie. Man. That is, you know, that's from Captain America. Right. Leave Schreiber is even in it, and that's that's from a Wolverine thing, which is not MCU. Right. But I just started looking at all these people in this random movie called Spotlight that has nothing to do with the Marvel Universe, and I realized Marvel has had such a embarrassment of riches when it yeah. comes to these casts. Like, at For this sure. point, I'm watching another movie of amazing actors, and I'm thinking, which one hasn't been in our universe? Right. And so... It's just amazing to me, like, we're going to talk about this next week, with the Christian Bale announcement. That's another yeah. one. And then this, Owen Wilson, which is a totally different vibe, but, like, this comedic actor that yeah. is so funny. And at this point, I'm like, this is ridiculous how many people are in these movies, and that gets yeah. me so excited. Because also, yeah. by the way, Robbie, not only does it get me excited for their performances, sorry, I'm talking so much. No. It not only gets me excited for their performances, it gets me excited because clearly Marvel is doing something so right that all these people want to be in it. Right. You can say, yeah, they're paying them and all that. Yes, I get that the paycheck's a huge part of it, but these people are making like career decisions, not just on money. And they, right. they're they obviously choosing to be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, 
I think you're right. I mean, the, the, we talked about this on our very first episode. I mean, just in game, looking at all of the folks that were in that movie, um, that, you know, Marvel's been kind of collecting over the years. It really is crazy. And then now you look forward and it's Christian Bale, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Natalie Portman coming back. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, there's some other, some other casting decisions within the, the shows that we can talk about, but yeah, I mean, it just continues to expand and they continue to dig deeper into the, the kind of talent that they're assembling here. And it, I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? I mean, you make the biggest movie in box office history. Um, I guess people are yep. maybe going to be not not just because they will make money from it, but I think you're right. I think people have to recognize that like something's working here and it's fun and and I like that it's drawing these kinds of actors and this kind of talent. Anyways, Owen Wilson <laughs> looks fun. Is there any other takeaways from Loki for you from that trailer? Um, I, I, I want to talk about the alternate reality thing with Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and this show next week. Yeah, we'll get yeah, really into the nitty gritty of the multiverse, if you will. It's something where I'm probably going to keep going back and, and watching it. And I'm sure that as each of these shows get closer, you know, we'll do more of a deep dive for each of them. Like we are for WandaVision, uh, ahead of its no doubt. premiere. And so, you know, some of that, I'm sure stuff will, will, Still trickle out. But I will say now, on the show side, this is what intrigued me the most coming away from it. Because like I said, like, WandaVision, I was already prepped for it to be super crazy and weird. And it just enhanced that. Falcon Winter Soldier, like you said. Falcon was what we thought. Was what we thought. And this was one, yeah, that I really haven't known what to think about. And I love, yeah, I love how mysterious it is. Yeah. Um, So... That's so fun. WandaVision for me was already an 8 out of 10, and now it looks like a 9 out of 10 in my excitement level. Right. And then, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was like a 6 out of 10, and I saw a trailer, and it's a 6 out of 10 excitement level, uh-huh. and then not quality level. And then this, like, I was like a 3 out of 10 excited, and now I'm like a 7 out of 10. It, yeah. like, jumped. I think that's about like where crazy. I am, too. Um, okay. I, I just want to say, I guess before we move past this in general, I was just thinking, like, I just love from these shows that Marvel is taking such big swings. And like, obviously we're going to get into them and, and maybe, you know, they work and and maybe they don't, but I do, I just like, as we'll talk about next week. Yeah. I mean like, as particularly in the context of Spider-Man three and Dr. Strange and some of the stuff that's come out, I'm like, they are, really going for some weird stuff in this next phase. Like, <laughs> and I, I think that that's, it's like Star Wars. Uh, it's going to get weird. Dude, uh, but here's the thing, bro. How often on the phone do I criticize Star Wars for not trying new things, right? On this podcast yeah, too. Like yeah. they just kind of keep running back the nostalgia of Star Wars is one of the critiques I've had versus like really trying something new. And here I am, Kevin's doing something totally different for me. It's like, we're right. trying, we're trying stuff. We're going big. You're right. It might miss on some of it, but I appreciate the effort. Okay, so the only other show that we got a teeny bit of a glimpse of, and it's not a trailer or anything, was Miss Marvel, which is going to come out late 2021, so like a year from Um, now-ish. Every other show that was announced, we're going to briefly just mention for you and give you a little tidbit, but we're not really getting into because they've told us basically nothing. It's just a logo and like who's going to be in it and maybe one line of what it's going to be about. But... Miss Marvel is a little more intriguing to me now just because I played the Avengers video game right. where she's the main character. Right. I, 
I'm not going to get into what this is going to be about at all. They cast someone who's very young, so it seems like this is going to be a very young version of Miss Marvel. And mm-hmm. um, basically, if you don't know anything about it from someone who doesn't know anything about it, me, I would say that what's fun about her character is she is birthed out of, she is such a fan of the Avengers that that's why she calls herself Miss Marvel. That basically the Avengers are her heroes. And right. then she kind of becomes one. And that premise is fun for me. And yeah. I actually think the Avengers game, by the way, side note, does that pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Um, I think what's going to be interesting with this show is, you know, again, as we're kind of talking about the, the fallout, um, in the comics, you know, there's this big event that actually takes place in the comic that Infinity War was largely based on. So it, it kind of checks out where... This this Terrigen stuff, which is very tied into the inhuman mythology that we'll talk about more later, uh, releases across the Earth, and all these inhumans are created. Um, it's very like X-Men mutant kind of thing, but just different because, you know, Stanley could only have so many totally unique ideas. And so, <laughs> and so out of this comes uh, Miss Marvel. Like, she's one of these people that is suddenly turned into someone with powers, and I know that there's been a lot of speculation that that is going to somehow tie into something that happened with a snap or, or somehow with Thanos, which I think would be pretty cool. Uh, I I didn't really get a sense of that one way or the other from what we've seen so far. But I, again, I, I think that it would be it would just be nice to see something else. You know, Endgame was well, Infinity War and Endgame were so so massive in scope. I really don't think at least for the next year or two that you could overstate how much that would change the status quo in the world. On a, on a side note also, um, I have thought a lot about, you know, in the wake of the Avengers game and the Miles Morales game, I was just thinking how like, it will be interesting to see kind of how competing versions of this IP evolve in the coming years, right? Because it's like, I was thinking back to this, you know, whenever Spider-Man Homecoming came out, like that was before the PS4 game, that was before End of the Spider-Verse came out. Um, and I feel like those things have kind of changed the the culture around Spider-Man to some degree, you know, and I think it'll be interesting to see now, like if you know, we had the foundation laid in Homecoming for Miles when we were introduced to Aaron Davis played by Donald Glover Right. Um, and now that we now have two pretty famous versions of Miles, I mean, Into the Spider-Verse, like we've said before, is is largely seen as about as perfect of an animated movie, or if not just a movie, as you could get. I, I'm just thinking say, the and same. And the video game as the other right, one. Right, right, right. You know, and, and with the Avengers game, you know, Kamala is so at the heart of that, that, right. you know, I really think, on the one hand, it's really smart because... I think only people that are pretty into the comics or at least somewhat aware of what's going on with the comics probably know anything about Miss Marvel. Uh, right. So it's kind it's of It's a very good. new comic, very new, not right. a 70s thing. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if there's some some more name recognition now through the game and kind of how that will affect like how much is this iteration going to be similar? Like, I, these are just interesting questions I had as, like, there's more, right. you know, like, there are just more successful versions of these things coming out in addition to the comic world and um, 
you know, is it going to get crowded? And, you know, like, I think right, some right. people, you know, well, like some people would argue that maybe they could have looped these universes in as well even. I don't know that that's a good idea. Um, look, I'm super pumped about it. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to always be Debbie Downer. But again, if you've listened to our episodes, if you listen to our X-Men episode, I'm in general hesitant about a quote-unquote like mutant gene or inhuman gene or something. Right. What I prefer about the inhumans over the mutants is that there is like an event, right? Right. Some terogen or a snap or something that causes it versus just like you're born with this gene. Not because I think mutants are dumb, but just because I don't love the idea of these worlds coexisting. But obviously, they're starting to hint at this kind of thing being a thing at some point. And... I understand if there ever was a time to do it, like now is when they're fine with new characters. Like now is the time to add new characters and like right. move forward. Um, so I am excited, but in general, you know that that whole thing makes me hesitant, right. you know, everything about that. And then, and then you said like, does it get overcrowded? And I joke back even like with, you know, like how, how indifferent is our inhumans from the mutants? And then right. like, we already have a Captain Marvel and it's the company Marvel. Now we have a Miss Marvel. Um, like when you tell someone who has no idea what we're talking about, they think I'm joking. Right. Like they think you're joking if you say her name's Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, well, I think so it's like also there is a little bit of an overcrowded factor too. But again, I I liked her story in the video game. The more I learned about her, the more I liked her, and I like the uh-huh. way they approach it. That yeah. she treats like the Avengers with like this respect, then becomes as strong as them. I don't know. I like the approach they took with it. Yeah. Well, so I, I am excited, but we'll see. It's it's also going to be interesting to me because it, in the comics, she is especially a fan of Captain Marvel, which is why she kind of takes that name on. Um, because Captain Marvel, for a long time, was called Miss Marvel, and so it's sort of this this like taking on the moniker. But it's interesting because you know I don't. The more I think about it, does the world? know who Captain Marvel is? Like it would would someone even be familiar with her based on what I mean, at least they wouldn't have been depends how visible she was like doing those side missions in Endgame, you know? Like when she's like searching, maybe she was like around Earth then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that she really knows her. She probably doesn't know her like Tony Stark or Captain America in this in this version. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean because the Avengers had no idea who she was. So like if they didn't, at least up through Endgame than no one else would. And I don't get the sense that anyone, although, you know, this is, I'm not going to go into this. Here, I know, but, this but in end game, she's out like searching Remember, I'm right. saying maybe she was around earth then some, maybe. I, I think this is another thing that I would love to see not to backtrack, but Falcon Winter soldier, uh, sort of follow up on is like, we, we know from far from home that, you know, everyone knows, that Tony sacrificed himself because, you know, we see all these murals right. and documentaries and stuff. But There's I am going to be curious yeah. to see how, you know, the Battle of New York was in the middle of New York. Like, there are cameras everywhere and every, you know, like, so there's, it makes sense that everyone kind of experienced it. The battle at the end of Endgame, you know, is sort of separated. So I, I've wondered how... Upstate New York, I guess, right? <laughs> right. right, like, I, I wonder how people have found out about what happened there and sort of like what I would love to see them explore what position that event holds like in the cultural zeitgeist of this universe. Right. It'll just be like stories told of this day. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so that 
plays into like, what do people know about Captain Marvel? Right. But even in far from home, like the high school video is they realize these are like fallen heroes. So they've right, already been told right. via the media or something that this is like a heroic act. I wonder if they knew how close it was <laughs> to them right. being wiped from the face of the universe. Interesting. Yeah. Dude, there's yeah. so much here. Are you kidding me? There's so much we can get into. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's Miss Marvel late 2021. Um, there's a show called What If in the summer of 2021, and I don't really want to dive into it like crazy. It doesn't seem like it's really a part of the MCU. That sounds dumb. It's obviously a part of it, but it's an animated series mm-hmm. about literally what the title is. Like, what if like Captain America was a woman? Or what right. if Tony Stark didn't die? Or what if this event or this event? And so it's just kind of like exploring these fun ideas of like, what if this didn't work? It maybe Which- could be like flirting again with the multiverse thing, Or it's just like, hey, it's a fun standalone animated series. Like, I'm not really that excited about it. So a couple things. Um, One, I do think it's cool that even though it's animated, they have brought in the the actors from the MCU films to do the voices wherever possible. I noticed some of the voices. Yeah. Um, I the other thing that's kind of fun is if you are a Marvel Comics fan, particularly kind of a classic Marvel Comics fan. They've had this what if series running for a long time, and it's basically I mean, it looks like straight from that where you have the watcher uh, basically saying this is the character as you know it because, you know, this happened. But I'm going to show you how things could have been different had this happened. And it's just always been like a fun. They're always standalone. They never feels kind of like fan servicey. Yeah, just like, yeah, it's just very, it's, I think, and that's what the animated show, I think it's a perfect thing to do as an animated show. I think it's just going to be sort of a a fun thing going in the background. I think you're right. I don't think it's going to play into any of this stuff, um, nor should it. But I, I like it. It looks like it's going to be well executed. Animation style looks cool. So I, it's not that's, one that's at the top of my list, but I, I think it'll that's be That's more Robbie's scene than it's Kyle's scene. Let's just, for sure, let's just for call sure. it a spade. Okay, really briefly, you you can stop me if you want to interject something, okay? But just Uh so our listeners also know what's coming down the pipeline, this is just the Disney Plus shows. Um, And by the way, subscribe to Disney Plus. Disney Plus, if you want to sponsor this podcast, go ahead. Um, (laughs) At the FFW Podcast. Okay, uh, anyways. um, um, Okay, Hawkeye is coming out. Yes. Jeremy Renner will be in it, reprising his role as Clint Barton and Hawkeye. And then Haley Steinfeld will be in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know what she's supposed to be playing? So, again, this is kind of interesting because we're recording this um, a couple days after the Marvel Avengers game just released Kate Bishop as a playable character. Right. And that's who, who Haley Steinfeld will be playing. Um, I think it's 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 fun. It's going to be interesting. But, but in Endgame, it seems like Hawkeye's training his daughter to kind of be that role. Yeah. Yeah. And I – that's – I've always thought that, that was an interesting choice. Um, I don't, I I also could have seen that. I think what's interesting about this show is you look at the aesthetic and the logo and they're clearly paying homage to the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series that we, we've gifted to folks before as part of giveaways and is one of my favorite comic runs. Um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, in that series, Kate Bishop is kind of this younger... Um, like teen just drifter and 
Hawkeye in the comics is kind of a single, somewhat of a screw-up, like, goofy guy, almost on par with, like, more of what we saw from, like, Ant-Man 1, kind of Scott Lang, if that makes sense. Like, can't really get himself together. So the reason I raise all this is, like, in the comics, it becomes this kind of interesting dynamic of their two sort of screw-ups that kind of come together and work together. It's going to be a very different dynamic with Clint having a family, which is never something that he's had in the comics, right? Like, um, right. Okay, it, Rob, he's just been set going, up with such bro. a different character. <laughs> hey, I mean, we've got. I'm just saying. I think it's going to be now that we know for sure that it's Clinton Kate Bishop. I am just curious to see how that relationship is introduced, and you know, kind of what it, what comes out of it uh, moving forward <laughs> in terms of, of like later <laughs> Avengers. I am too. <laughs> um, okay, the, the next one I wrote down was She-Hulk, which is going to have Tim Roth in it as Abomination and Mark Ruffalo again. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's where I would, we were talking about new actors being added. I love Tim Roth. Um, I always felt he was somewhat underutilized. Obviously, that the Incredible Hulk movie is the bottom one on both of our lists, so I was always a little sad. Um, not to the same degree as Sam Rockwell, because I think that Sam Rockwell performance was just a, kind of another level. But it's a similar thing where I'm like, man, I hate that we had one of these actors that I love so much that has now kind of been written yeah, off. Don't, don't don't bring Sam Rockwell into this. No, I'm How just saying I would let, like him. look. I want I want Sam Rockwell to come back and hey, like maybe Armor Wars, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but uh, I same thing with Tim Roth. I'm really happy. I would say that. Anything, anytime that Marvel has been able to kind of retroactively enhance, yeah, yeah. you know, the they meaning can go of back an earlier and make film, the Incredible Hulk better, right. hopefully. Obviously, like there are elements of, of the quality there that can't change, but we talked <laughs> right. about the way that our views have shifted towards the first Thor, not because we think that that movie is great. Again, that's at the bottom of both of our lists, but because we get so connected to the later iteration that it, yeah, it it adds meaning to those early appearances. And so I think it would be cool to see that with Tim Roth. And, and it sounds like they're really trying to link in some aspects of the incredible Hulk. Hulk. And yeah. So, well, and it'll be interesting to see how much of, you know, Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk story gets fleshed out more here. Is he just a side character? Is this like a real thing that really they dive into? Okay. Also moon Knight is a new show yeah. on Disney Plus, which is starring Oscar Isaac, Poe from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we know almost nothing about this. I mean, literally on the Instagram post, it says, Moon Knight, an original series about a <laughs> complex vigilante coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> so right. we don't know a ton about it, but that's a new character. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, so all I haven't read a ton of, of Moon Knight stuff uh, unless it's sort of interacted with other stuff that I read. I know that there are a couple of... of diehard fan favorite series out there that I'll probably try to get into ahead of the show. All I'll say that I think um, is interesting about the Moon Knight character is he's kind of mentally unhinged on a particular level where he's like borderline schizophrenic. Um, And I think he has these kind of alter egos. So it's really, yeah, I think whenever they say complex vigilante, I don't think it's like, 
Batman as a complex vigilante, you know, where he's, there's moral gray. I think it's more complex in that um, he is kind of crazy, which, you know, again, interesting premise, at least. Uh, then we have Secret Invasion announced, which is going to bring Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn, who you listeners know Robbie and I both loved. Yeah. And that's one that we've talked about for I've said forever I wish we could have seen so far. So I was that's one of the ones that I was really really excited about even though we got literally no details about it. We kind of got a fake out with that one in Captain Marvel where right. they were kind of hinting that this was going to be part of the story with the scrolls and then it wasn't. So that'll right. be fascinating to see how they weave that in. Now, next we have Ironheart, which I had a listener on Instagram comment to me that like, are you th- nervous that this is a little early for another Iron Man character? And yes, is the answer I am. But I would like to remind that person that also by the time this show comes out, it's probably not until 2022 or 2023. So at that point, it's been years since, you know, Iron Man has passed. Right. Um, so that's one thing. And secondly, and you can talk way more to this, there's a way they could do it where somebody is in an Iron Man tech suit um, of some sort but is not Tony Stark. There's a way right. to do it. Right. Um, I'm, But, yes, my gut is also like, how, how dare you bring up another character that's identical <laughs> to Iron Man? And like you said, what's a little bit comical about this, and, again, I'm pumped on all of it again, but it's a little bit funny that, like, at some point, Stan Lee's imagination ran out a little bit where <laughs> – Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, um, you know, Iron Heart, Iron Man. At some point, we're like, you know, Spider Man and Miles Morales. It's just Spider Man with a little more stuff. Um, <laughs> so at some point, they're going to have to fight with that line, right. but we're not there yet. That's all. Right. The mutants and humans, et cetera. Yeah. I, again, I know kind of how Riri was introduced in the comics. I, I don't know what that's going to look like because there, there was kind of an overlap where in some ways, actually, they've pulled from the relationship Tony had with her and and kind of given that over to the relationship Tony had with Peter in the MCU. Um, so there was this him kind of teaching, like found her. She was super smart, kind of worked with her, mentored her a bit. And now, you know, it would end up being more of, a, I guess, filling filling a vacuum. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not overly eager to get this and I'm I'm glad that it's a bit off in the future cuz I have the same reservations. Um but I I think you're totally right in that they could wind up doing it in a cool way and I do think I do think it could the the one interesting issue I think it could it could raise um and we can talk about this in the context of the Armor Wars show or maybe we just want to talk about the Armor Wars show real quick. Um, yeah, we can get to, we can get to that. By the way, I'm totally distracted because on Instagram, it's kind of fun to just see when you when you click on these posts. It says uh-huh. like liked by Josh Brolin and thousands of others. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, fun. oh, or liked <laughs> by Jeremy Renner and thousands of others. That's kind of fun. That Let's fun. do that. The next show is Armor Wars, which I know you want to talk about a little bit more. Their post yeah. said Don Cheadle returns as James Rhodes, aka War Machine, um, in Armor Wars, an original story. Coming to Disney Plus, a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? Go. Yeah. So this is one of the big one. One of the interesting things about Iron Man is, you know, we've <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. made that character so much that you know when you look at like Spider Man, you go back and there are so many 
iconic comic stories, you don't really get that with Iron Man. Um, they're really just a handful, and and honestly, like I mean, Robert Downey Jr. made that character more famous than it ever intended to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so if you're looking at like a really, it comes down to to a top three, and I would say Extremis is one that we've talked about. And that's the more modern one, and then in terms of older classic ones, it's Demon in a Bottle that they've already sort of covered in right. Iron Man Two to some extent, and then uh, Armor Wars, which was this big. Heavily involved war machine, but yeah, it was this moment where Tony kind of loses control over all of this tech, and it gets into other people's hands. and And what I think is interesting about that, which here is kind is, of Age of Ultron ish, a little bit true, but yeah. true. Um, although you know, with I, I think and Far From Home with the satellite tech going to somebody else. Oh, true, true. Yeah, well, I think that the way that this could tie into Ironheart could be cool because I do think it's kind of ever since Iron Man two, we've been made to think, okay, people are trying to utilize this technology, but really like, you know, it hasn't gone a ton past that. You know, we've had other aspects of it, like what you're mentioning, but we haven't really had anyone else figure out a way to make their own Iron Man suit. Um, since Iron Man 2, probably because they realized we didn't really just want to see Iron Man fighting different versions of Iron Man anymore. But um, now I think it's kind of cool because it seems like it's going to be an extension of that of that thing that sort of started in that hearing scene with um, Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2. And so I, if, if that works out to where now someone like Riri Williams encounters it because of what goes on in Armor Wars... I think that that's a cool thing um, and could make sense since Give we never us really more had. more Justin Hammer. <laughs> Man, I this is a perfect opportunity to. And, I, I, <laughs> you know, I should also say I'm just excited. I, I really, really love uh, Don Cheadle in these movies. Uh, it's funny because I, I was telling Candace uh, about everything that had come out, and I told her about the Armor Wars show, and she was like, man, you know who had a really bad day? When that was announced, Terrence Howard. <laughs> oh yeah, he could add his whole his whole own show. Man, it's, you're, Candace is funny at times. I love is. it. <laughs> well, it's just you know I always look back and and I've got a you know I'm sure he's happy with how things have turned out. It's not like his career has gone downhill at all, but it is just you know to bow out when he did uh, has to be a decision that he's that he's uh, spent some time considering. I'll I'll say that. Okay, then last but not least, this is, again, not even the movies, which will be next week. Tune in next week to listen to that. Um, They're making an I Am Groot, which is just like a series of shorts. So I think it's just going to be kind of goofy, funny shorts about, you know, baby Groot probably. And then a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which, please, Lord, let it not be the same infamy (laughs) as the Star Wars holiday (laughs) special, which is known as one of the worst things of all time. Um, and that's it. That's the Disney Plus shows they announced. But, dude, that's going to cover us, like, multiple years of yeah. consistent content. I think I was blown away just in general by the the breadth of this announcement. <laughs> I mean, I think what's fun is, as we'll talk about next week, we are so in the dark as to what movies are going to look like um, in the coming, at least in the coming months, if not coming years. Absolutely, if not forever, um, yeah. And so I think 
it's nice that these shows we can pretty much rely on, right? Because it's like, it makes sense, if nothing else, to just be cranking out TV shows. And even just based on the shows, you know, having no sense of what's going to happen with Black Widow and Eternals, we've already got a full year ahead of us of, of MCU content. And that's awesome. No doubt. Oh, baby. <laughs> Guys, this was long, but we're just getting started. Are you kidding me? So next week, talking about all these new movies that were announced in the similar format. And then, guys, we're getting so dangerously close to actually watching new stuff. Ugh. It's been way too long. And I'm I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon, if you will. Um, <laughs> as always, thank you so much to everyone who's listening, wherever you are. We appreciate it so much. It's meant so much to Robbie and I. We can't wait to get this thing rolling again and get back into the swing of interacting with you guys. You can interact with us anywhere on social media at the FFW podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but also we have a website, the FFW podcast.com where you can mm -hmm. message us through that. One listener on Instagram commented on how it would be fun to have like a little segment at the end of each new episode where fans can message right in what they think is going to happen or what, you know, what was so fun for them in the episode. Love and that. I think that's a fun idea. If yeah. we get enough feedback about each weekly episode, it would be fun to be like, yeah, this is a theory and this is a theory. And um, that'd be a blast for us to have that community. So oh, yeah. at the FFW podcast, the FFW podcast.com. You can find this podcast, Friends from Work, anywhere podcasts are found, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, etc. If you would follow us there, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a kind review on Apple Podcasts. We would love that very much. And while you're at the FFWpodcast.com, you can see our full rewatch order, uh, which will also link you to our episodes. So whether you go from there or go from Spotify or iTunes, as Kyle's saying, really anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, if you haven't rewatched the Infinity Saga with us, now is the perfect time to get caught up as we're about to embark on the next phase of the MCU. Absolutely. And don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, <laughs> tell your wife, tell your sister. Yeah. I don't hey, care. Folks, spread the good news. Come on. Yeah. Tell your husband, whatever, about friends from work. We'd love to have you here. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week on Friends from Work. Friends from Work.